welcome back to Complaints on Podcasts. I'm joined as ever by Heather, but not Claudia. Hello. Hello. Not Claudia, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where's Claudia? Um, uh, this is the third time we've tried to make this podcast, so I'm going to make the same joke again, see if it works. Uh, Claudia's been expelled from Complaints on the Podcast for meeting Owen Jones. Can you believe it? I can't, actually. Yeah, <laughs> can't. but she did, she did share a platform with him. And Owen Jones is contaminating, obviously, so we should be expelling all those who've got... He's not an anti-Semite. That's the problem with Owen Jones. <laughs> True. If only, if only he were. If only he'd um, directed perdition. Exactly. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, 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 maybe Claudia will come back. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Or she may just be working. Yeah, possibly. Anyway, um, so I was thinking we should do this uh, podcast like a Labour style meeting, like where we have an agenda. We have some agenda items. Okay. Uh, and um, since we're going to be talking about... Uh, the left and what's going on in left-wing politics and the Labour Party. Um, we thought we might do a kind of uh, sequel to a podcast that we did a while back. Uh, and uh, yeah, sort of so it was our second same... podcast. It's called Labour Pains. Um, our first oh, two podcasts call it that? had yeah, our first two podcasts had um obstetrics and gynecology puns, which I was quite pleased about. Um, so we couldn't lay the pains and what we were trying to do was say, what is the prospects for the left? What should the left be doing? And we looked at just four options. One was staying in the Labour Party. Another was working inside a, a political party other than Labour. Um, the third was working outside of electoral politics. So kind of more movement politics. And the fourth was putting your energy into destroying the Labour Party. Um, <laughs> you, can do, you can do the fourth one with all of the others. It's a, yes, indeed. It's, a, it's, it's a unifying option. <laughs> um, and so it's interesting like, to look back on that and think where things have changed, because that's a while ago now, right? That's, yeah, what was that? Um, it's over a year ago, a year and a bit ago, I think. Yeah. How things have changed. Well, things have changed, and yet in some ways they haven't. I feel. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what were the... So we'll go through them. So, well, actually, let's just start by talking about what's going on in the Labour Party right now. Um, yeah. Because it's just... Uh, it's just never-ending. <laughs> it's just never-ending, kind of. And like, someone... Um, John McDonnell uh, tweeted the other day, I'm shocked by... And it's like, oh, every week, John McDonnell is shocked by what's happening yes. in the Labour Party. So how can... Yeah. Don't know how you can be shocked anymore. It's the same thing every week. Um, well, yeah, but... clearly John McDonnell is not shocked. John McDonnell is a smart person who understands how the Labour Party works and has dedicated his life to working inside of it. It's performative shockness. Yeah. This is part of the problem is that if you stay in the Labour Party, you have to be a little bit dishonest about what's going on because you can't say, John McDonnell can't say, well, this is how the Labour Party is. He can't have that serious conversation. Yeah, well, let's talk about how the Labour Party is. Let's talk about it for real. Although I am still a member, if anyone's interested yeah. in my ongoing saga. More because I just haven't got around to quitting. But I, I mean, I think like a lot of people, like you want the big showdown. You want to be chucked out. I don't want to fade away, but I might just do it anyway. So I'd rather spend £5 a month or whatever on a good podcast like Sublation Media or... Uh, go stories for the end of the world, then give it to Labour Party. 
Uh, and if anyone else is quitting lay party and want to spend some money on a podcast, why don't you spend on this one? Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's let's... a great idea. If this podcast convinces you to leave a lay party, sign, give that away on the Patreon, and I will try and convince you to leave lay party and give the money to Ghost Stories for the end of the world. Um, he's doing a lot better than us, but he does. I, I already do give money. It's a really good podcast. But I listened to a whole thing on his, and I finished that series, and I haven't listened to anything more. So I was thinking about stop. I would think about stopping giving him money. And I was like, well, I should just stop giving the Labour Party money. First yeah. off. Uh, Labour Party, what's going on? Jamie Driscoll. Oh, so much is going on. So yeah, obviously they've, they've blocked more people, Jamie Driscoll, but like re- recently, um, what, yesterday or day before, Mish Rahman, yeah. who was what, trying to be an MP, well, a parliamentary candidate. And he's a little bit like Jamie in that he really did everything he should have done, you know? He, um, yeah, he was on the National Exec as one of the, the left-wingers, but he never really caused loads of trouble on that. He voted for the left, which is enough to cause trouble now. Same as, as Jamie. Just being on left, just taking a few principal positions it is enough to get you blocked. Um, but he, for example, Naomi Wimborne Adrissi was elected to the National Executive and she was immediately suspended, almost immediately suspended, not able to take up her place. And Mish was next in line and took her place. And I have no objection to him taking her place, but I have an objection to him doing that without acknowledging it's hers, without expressing solidarity for her. Mm. And he didn't. And you think there's a lot of compromises that he's made, that Jamie and others have made in order to stay in the Labour Party, to stay with a foothold and with a chance of being part of state power. And, And that's been shown that that doesn't work that you cannot compromise, and even in the way that Mish and Jamie did, and then be selected. You are going to be blocked, blocked even from being on the long list. Um, And even if you have huge trade union support and huge support within the community. So it does seem to me that a thing has shifted, and we have clear proof that the easiest way to get elected and selected as a left-winger and to have some capacity to speak truth to power when you do is not to do it through the Labour Party, is to do it as an independent. I've just noticed this sock here. <laughs> Very interesting, Heather, but I was always <laughs> concerned about the sock on the screen. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, I, I will never want to say about James Driscoll. Is we Because I spoke to you about it on your channel, and, we, yeah. and this was fresh when he'd just been um, suspended or whatever, not put on the line. Blocked, lot. blocked, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now he's running as an independent and he's got a huge amount of money. Was it like 70,000 in the first day or something? 70,000 pounds, 50,000 pounds? Yeah, he's at nearly, I think last time I looked, he was at about 100K. Yeah. Um, so he's definitely going to run. Um, yeah. He's very popular up there. Yeah. Probably going to win, or at least it's going to be a big hassle for Labour. Uh, why did and we spoke about on your channel speculating why did they block him? I mean, there obviously was some personal gripe, or some people didn't want him to run. Fine, but you would imagine that at the very top of the layout, they would have thought, as you say, he's complied with a lot of the sort of. Uh, tests that you have to go through to stay within party he's trying not to be a troublemaker he's trying to stay inside the tent with the right wingers with the with starmer 
So why would you get rid of him and cause this big fuss and now possibly lose that election? It seems, um, it's yeah, I don't understand the logic there. It's an interesting question, isn't it? Because you could ask it on mass, you know, about a lot of things. You could ask about Jeremy Corbyn. Why pick a fight with Jeremy Corbyn? I think it's um, a bit different with Jeremy Corbyn. Um, but I, I think, yeah, it, I mean, it, it all kind of blends in. You've got Jeremy Corbyn, yeah. you've got Diane Abbott. You know, after a while, yes, I mean, all of them you can kind of justify in yeah. certain ways. Obviously, Corbyn at one end of the extreme being such a sort of big figure and such, yeah. and, and basically the, the totem of the, the whole problem. And, yes, yeah, you know, of, 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 well, of Corbynisms, you know, and getting rid of that. I can understand that. But now it's like they... I, I mean, I didn't really know who Jamie Driscoll was. It seems to be like they're, they're making problems. Like there, there was a big, there's a lot of people that wanted to see Corbyn go. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think if they let Jamie Driscoll get on with it and just kept him, you know, okay. on a tight leash, I don't think people would have been like, we've got to get rid of these crazy left wingers. Maybe, I don't know. So it's, it's big, isn't it? So you've got, for example, also last week, um, um, Tahir Mercer, who was really um, hounded out of Labour, he's one of the people, if you watched Labour Files, who they were kind of um, following his kids, you know. Yeah, so trying, explain, trying explain who he is again. He's um, a member of the Labour Party, or he was a member of the Labour Party in, in Newham, and he was, um, Labour was following people in Newham and tracking their movements, and particularly um, South Asian Muslim members of the party, it was really horrible. And um, what well, I think that's episode three of the, of the Labour Files um, that covers that. And he um, left the Labour Party, stood as an independent, and won elections to the council. Um, because Newham, so say, Newham was uh, suspended or whatever as a as a yeah. both constituencies in London. Yeah, most, yeah. most boroughs are two different CLPs. And Two both, or three, yeah. yeah. So and East Ham was... and West Ham, right? Yeah, um, and it was suspended. What? What for? Um, just Who questioning, knows? questioning things. Well, definitely these, these the CRPs, which have a large number of um, Muslim members, are treated really badly with the Labour Party. This is actually in Shami Chakrabarti's report. Um, right. um, going back because some of them. In Birmingham, particularly, were in special measures for decades, so unable to to meet. If you joined one of those Labour parties, it would take you ages before your membership was processed, because there'd oh, be wow. huge identity checks. Um, so um, this has been going on for a long time. This kind of thing. So, like when when loads of white people organise and get their friends to join the Labour Party and vote for the candidates they like, that's not a problem. But when South Asian people do it, it's like seen as a problem. Um, I think well, a lot it, of times it doesn't even matter what the politics is. I, I don't think even matters what the politics is. No, um, although he was on, he was uh, a supporter of Corbyn. Yeah, that doesn't help. Yeah, but it's not just there. Of course, like we saw that happen in Liverpool, where people who've been chucked out of the Labour Party, um, where three of them won election out of the five who were standing. So, yeah, so sorry. So he, there's a lot uh, of picking fights, is what I'm saying. There's a lot of picking fights that you would say, why do they have to have? Yeah, there's a picking yeah. a fight in Stroud. I mean, Stroud Council. I don't think that's a radical hotbed, but the NEC told them they could not team up with the Greens, and that led to the majority of the Labour councillors leaving the party. 
Yeah, I mean, it has yeah, it has been going on at the sort of local level, council level, much more widespread. But obviously, that doesn't get much traction in the main, in like yeah, mainstream news. Jamie Driscoll, <clears throat> surprising how that. I think partly because he came out so strongly, and and did the TV rounds, yeah. um, it became a big news story. But yeah, Labour have been picking fights all over the place. Um, see, and I, and as you say, with people that aren't necessarily like they they would probably go along with with the Starmer government. They wouldn't cause too much problem. As, as it is, they're now looking to lose seats left, right, and centre. Not many, but here and there. And who knows? You know, if it's a really tight election. Uh, it's kind of bizarre that they're doing this, I think. Anyway. Yeah. So what could be the rationale? I mean, so with Jeremy Driscoll, you've got the added twist of Ken Loach. So there's lots of motivations. We've always said that there isn't a single motivation yeah. going on behind this witch hunt. There's a coalition of forces, each of which have slightly different interests. I suppose so, I just believe in uh, Starmer competence and that he's at the top and he's got, he's running everything like a tight ship. And so he, he's got this plan. But maybe yeah. that isn't the case. You know, I mean, it's just just putting it out there, this crazy idea that maybe Starmer doesn't have his like fingers on the controls exactly. And this thing is kind of uh, taken on its own momentum. Right. And there's people yes. in the uh, complaints department that are putting through things and he's sort of reacting to that as much as he's. Yeah. And so there there is a kind of runaway train mentality with a bit of this. So, yes, yeah, so I just rewatched The Crucible. There's a really good performance of The Crucible on YouTube. Um, so that's the Arthur Miller play that he wrote. Technically, it's about witch, witches in Salem, but actually it's clearly about McCarthyism um, in, in America when you know, the, there were kind of widespread attacks on the left for disloyalty and where people were stopped from working, stopped, you know, had their passports taken away so they couldn't travel outside the US sometimes for decades. Um, where people were, you know, seen as, you know, people you shouldn't hang out with at all, you shouldn't have anything to do with. Um, and in that, there's a certain point at which things get out of hand. So you see the people who start that witch hunt, and then suddenly they're like, oh, my God, they're, they're now attacking people who we thought were okay. Oh, that's my post. Um, yeah. So, yes, yeah, so let's start again. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll let the post going. in. Right. <laughs> So, so now they're attacking. So what I'm saying is, oh, oh my God, so now they're attacking people who um, we thought are okay. I can't even, you know, they were hanging people in this play. So like, I can't believe I'm signing the death warrant of someone who actually seems like quite a decent human being. So what happens is a kind of revenge dynamic gets channeled through it. So if there was someone who you never liked in the village, you can just get someone to get your daughter to accuse them of being a witch. And then they're 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 dead, right? Um, yeah. So there's a lot of personal it, vendettas, you, and yeah. you can just use it for your own. So what may have happened in the northeast is um, someone who backed I can't remember who it was now the the terrible Labour candidate, uh, whatever yeah. wants to, you know, or or the candidate themselves. Some people around them, or just people that hate Jamie Driscoll, just thought, ah, this is an opportunity. Yeah, and there's also I think with Ken Loach, there is a real dynamic within. Um, Jewish establishment organizations to target particular individuals who they feel are particularly symbolic of Labour Party left anti-Semitism. Mm. Now, for some people that's done in good faith, and for a lot of people, I think that's done in bad faith. 
And for a lot of people, it's done in good faith, but a weird, perverted sort of good faith because it's good faith based on believing that a settler colonial apartheid regime should be allowed to carry on being a settler colonial apartheid regime. Yeah. So it's and a we very don't, we, don't, uh, we don't kink shame on this channel. Like, you can have perverted <laughs> good faith. <laughs> okay. It's fine. So, it's just so a healthy a disagreement. Of, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of like people who really have a tick list, and you can see that in the Board of Deputies, um, 10 uh, pledges they required of the leadership candidates, but they actually named people um, yeah. in those. Um, so I would say they really have gone for Ken Loach as one of them, Jackie Walker, Ken Livingstone. Um, but again, it's like Ken Loach is such a beloved figure. You would have thought it would just be easier to really isolate, you know, hone in on the people who are not so well known, who are not known outside of politics per se. Um, and yeah, it just feels kind of crazy to to bring in someone like Ken Loach just makes the whole narrative seem more shaky and it's a much harder argument to win because people people know Ken Loach, they love Ken Loach. I'm talking about people totally outside of this, outside of the Labour Party, who you can't, you need a kind of support in the country. Not a big one, but you need to you need people at least to be on the fence to be confused about what's going on and the more you bring in sort of yeah these sort of sweet old national treasures that people have sort of ju just associate with making yeah sort of socially progressive films that not really controversial in any way uh, and saying these people are outrageous anti-semites not only are they but they're so dangerous that even talking to them means that you can't be involved in mainstream politics so the two things in response to that. First is McCarthyism went for Hollywood, first of all. Yeah. They went for some beloved Hollywood actors, you know, and they just said, these people are evil. They went for people who had written some of the greatest films, you know, the films people loved. Let's and try and get said, ahead of it. Who who could be next? Uh, well, big... also, though, with Ken Loach, the reason why they go for celebrities is because exactly what you're saying, which is those people give credibility to the anti-witch uh, yeah, anti position. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I, retract. I retract as usual. I say something yeah. and then you give a good answer and I retract it all. Take it all back. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Um, yeah. Can I say that point and I just think those people are as quick as you? Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it is an important point, which is that when Ken Loach gets to go on TV to talk about his new film and he gets asked a couple of other questions or he just manages to get in the stuff that's happening, um, then it gives credibility to people questioning the witch hunt because why has he been chucked at the Labour Party? Why is he saying Starmer is a problem? Why is he saying there's a kind of clampdown on left ideas? So it totally makes sense. It totally made sense that McCarthyism worked for celebrities. You know, and it's also a good way of getting your story in the news. If you're proud of what you're doing, you kind of want this, this narrative yeah. to Which be think, around. Uh, Robert Peston had Corbyn on again. Rob Peston seems to keep getting Corbyn on his TV show, so maybe he's an entity might. Well, it's all right, because he asked him about it. That's what you have to do. That was Jamie's mistake. He, he didn't, he didn't ask platform. him enough. He <laughs> and he listened to Corbyn talking about other things, which is outrageous. You should just... That's the thing. Like, if Jamie Driscoll had asked him about it, I suppose, yeah, you ask him about it, and then he talks about his films, and you say, no, 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 let's go back to anti-Semitism. That's the only thing. Yeah, so what I'm really looking forward to now is when I next share a platform with the mayor of Hackney. Because then I can basically, if he doesn't ask me about anti-Semitism, I can basically stop him ever 
running for office for anything right. ever again. So you've got to go yeah. in there with like really fascinating topics that distract him and bamboozle him. <laughs> well, this is usually about housing. That's the only time I get to share a platform where we talk about housing. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, gonna be difficult. Like that, that's going to be happening on, in September. So we'll see if he, what happens there. Um, yeah, so, right. Yeah. So do, do you think, I mean, you're kind of joking, but I'm I mean, kind of joking, the but... whole thing's a joke. So it's like, yeah, you, you, basically the argument it stands right if if you're not if he doesn't ask you then he's platforming and anti-semite yeah but then yeah well, he's not platforming anti-semite technically the wording is he's sharing a platform with someone who was expelled from the labor party after accusations of anti-semitism yes and also you have spoken to people who have, <laughs> have also spoken to people who have spoken to people who are anti-semites allegedly is this like COVID? We have to kind of work out the mechanism by which yeah, the virus yeah. is transmitted, right? Right, exactly. You've got to break. You've got to break the chains. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So was it soften the curve, or whatever? Flatten the curve. Yeah. Flatten the curve of uh. Yeah. By by questioning things. Uh. Anyway. Um. So yeah, that's the Labour Party. Always a great. So I think I'm play. saying now, which I didn't say last time, a year and a bit ago is fuck the Labour Party, we really have to get out of this. It's not healthy for our politics to be an organisation like this. Um, I, I understand there are some people who are really committed to it and that they've spent their whole life doing it. Um, and I hope that something dramatic happens, like Jeremy Corbyn running as an independent. Because my experience is that those people, that would break that link. Yeah, so you were th- saying if Jeremy Corbyn runs, then that would that would basically the, it would split the Labour Party in terms of any kind of grassroots organising that, that's been taking place in the Labour Party, you know, since its creation, yeah. right, would go. They would, they would, they, they may vote Labour even in there, but they will, they may get chucked out because they'll end up, um, whatever, campaigning for Corbyn. Yes, people and would that, campaign for Corbyn, yeah. And, and then, even people who are very... In uh, stuck on the Labour Party as within the Labour Party membership. Yes, and we're talking thousands of people here. Yeah, we're talking thousands, perhaps tens of thousands. But Starmer doesn't really care about that. No, but we care about that. We care about. Oh, I care about the 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 energy that's being sucked into the Labour Party, not being sucked into it of opening up a space where people have given up on the Labour Party so something else becomes possible. So they, they might move that, they may move into campaigning for another party if, or something else that's happening around the time, if there is anything. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all sorts of things could happen, yes. May they move, move into supporting another party if there's energy behind one of the left parties. They may just not... Um, validate Labour as, as an entity, which enables people to vote for other parties in a different way. Um, all sorts of things become possible and then become a lot. Yeah, a lot to... of people refuse, they stubbornly refuse to move away from the Labour Party because if you're a Labour membership, you can't support or actively yeah. do anything, engage with any other parties. Um, so yeah, and there are yeah thousands of people uh, who like, like lifelong activists 
who are you know trade unionists and Labour Party members, and they they've just been that all their lives, no matter who the leader is. But you're saying that would come to an end in a way that didn't even come to an end with Blair. Yes. I'm talking about people who stayed in during Blair. Um, and I think it I think some of the unions, no, not many of them, but the FBU, for example, I think that would they would disaffiliate again. I don't know whether anybody else would. Well, yeah, because the major unions is that's another thing, like Unite. So at the moment, Unite are, from what I understand, um Graham is trying to get more in with the Starmer leadership, even as the members uh, are sort of trying to organise to disaffiliate. Well, the members didn't vote to disaffiliate. And it's interesting because the people who got elected to the executive of of Unite in the recent elections aren't people who really like Sharon Graham's strategy. They're much more Labour-left people. But they didn't want to leave the Labour Party. They were against disaffiliating... And she's against disaffiliating. I understand her position. Well, because she thinks that there's more leverage keeping the affiliation, albeit on a very much more kind of hostile ground than in in previous times. So giving less money to... Do you think they're being listened to at all? Um, I'm sure they have meetings. Yeah, I'm sure they have meetings. meetings. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they get called into meetings with the Tory government i think they get called into meetings with labor front bench yeah yeah but then a lot yes and there's still i still think chulo exists which is um the kind of there's a little organizing group which is that all the trade union leaders which have a kind of trade union liaising liaison um with the leadership i'm sure that still happens i mean do you want to give up the chance to regularly meet with the leadership of the Labour Party when it's not costing you that much anymore. I is it, well, issue. is it not costing them that much? I don't know. Or would would they have more leverage? Because if just being serious about, I mean, it's the whole. There's there's nowhere else to go, isn't it? That's the whole thing. You don't have they don't have any leverage because Labour Party know that they're gonna s- support them. Although they have they have stopped like less funding for the Labour Party. That's one thing they have done, right? Yeah, they have. They've dropped funding. I think they'll yeah. drop it more. And I think they might also fund other candidates and put political funding into grassroots stuff they're doing. Okay. Are they able to the, do that while affiliated to Labour Party? I don't know how that works. Right. But I think they'll push it as far as they can while staying affiliated. I'm kind of fine with that as a position. I I, I think at the moment that trade unions... The, the be all and all of trade unionism is not what they do in relation to the Labour Party. I know for lots of people who've been very closely aligned with the Labour Party, that's what they're interested in right. in relation to Unite. But the main focus of, of a trade union kind of has to be on, you know, it's um, industrial strategy, right? Yeah. On winning pay rises. Um, I know, I suppose I'm trying to... Workers. Yeah. I'm trying to separate the two and just talking about in, in party polit- politics... The fact that Labour Party has affiliations from the from the, the biggest unions is a kind of sticking point for other movements coming along, right? So even though uh, it may not be the main point of Unite and it may not be uh, immediately or, you know, in Unite's interests to disaffiliate for itself as part of like a wider project, which would help Unite in the long run, although risky, that's the thing that's always risky, would be... It's really risky. Yeah. And is it 
is it too much to demand that a major trade union put a lot of energy into something that's incredibly risky when their main focus is elsewhere? I'm just, I mean, I'm very sympathetic to Sharon in terms of what she's doing. With the union, I don't really want to slag her off and I want to try and understand where they're coming from. Um, but there wasn't the overarching support. I mean, it's hard as a union to vote against what you're being told by both your leader and your exec. And maybe if they both come out for disaffiliation, that would have shifted things. Right. I don't know. I'm, I'm not involved in that Unite politics enough. To All right, vote. forget about Unite. Let's move on. What's the next yeah. thing? Um, part, political parties outside of Labour. Oh, yeah. So the Lib Dems. I know I'll be voting. <laughs> exactly how you started last time <laughs> Lib Dems. well you've got to cover the Lib Dems they're the third party in this country you know you can't everybody's talking about the Lib Dems all the time they're so exciting they're so uh they're like they're like uh the Joker in the second Batman film it's just chaos <laughs> yeah I want to see the world burn um yeah. I don't even know what they're up to actually those those crazy I Lib- don't know the last thing I remember is uh Joe Swinson getting um during the election yeah yeah 2019 and being it was very late there was a late one like it was after all the despair there was a sudden sort of three o'clock in the morning hurrah something good has happened she lost her seat yeah um after like starting the election saying she could she could become a prime minister and living through a moment where she had to officially deny that she likes to kill squirrels what what was she um i'm gonna look it up she then went on to get some horrendous job, right? What's she doing? Oh, did she? I don't know. They um, all do. I mean, Nick Clegg, the previous leader, works for, for Facebook, Meta, Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's she doing now? Uh, deputy leader campaign. Uh, oh, no, I don't know what this is. Vis- uh, visiting professor at Cranfield School of Management in Bedfordshire. Uh, oh no, she became director of partners for uh, a new economy, P4NE. Oh. Yeah, a new economy. That's what the Lib Dems stand for. Yeah, um, yeah. So Lib Dems, obviously not. I mean, there is a lot of movement towards the Greens. I think. Yeah, like, um, I know. I know a lot of people personally who have left yeah. the party. Um, I don't. I don't even know how the Greens work. Can you join the Greens? I guess you can, but they're certainly supporting the Greens. I know that. Yeah, you can join the Greens. It's um, a membership thing. Um, is it the same I, price? Can I move over? They should have like the like the phone contract thing where they do it for you. <laughs> this is true. You could just put your phone direct. up next to a green phone, and all your information transfers over, and you don't have to do anything. That's great. Yeah, you could have people like aggressive people on phone lines calling yeah. up and saying, "We'll, tra- we'll do it all for you. We'll transfer yeah. it for free, no problem. You can keep your number. You keep your membership number." <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, so yeah, I know a lot of people are uh, behind the greens. I'm, you see, I think one of the things that happens, and this is, this is, I think where I was my entire life, basically until about 2015, actually a few years before 2015, I was trying to think about my own political journey and there was something happening post the, well, there was, there was Occupy obviously, which I was interested in, but I, I, I really wish I'd got more involved in that. Uh, just just as an educational experience, if anything. But post-Occupy, there was like something happening online 
that was a, that was an obvious there was because of youtube and that was coming up there was just more access to independent media but there's definitely something political going on and i i remember just being interested in wanting to be involved in politics before corbyn became leader right. and there's and i think that was a lot of people were there when suddenly this campaign emerged and that's the timing was was really crucial about that but before that basically there's just a deep cynicism and like a real and and like to the point where and I'm sort of back there or I instinctively go to that place when I hear about the Green Party. I just I just ha- I just it's it's not and it, or, or 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 even a new party or anything that might happen. I've always and that's what Starmer brings. That's what the Labour Party brings is that they, they, this is the main the top two parties are like this. Anything that wants to be involved as a legitimate actor in the political process has to try and slot itself in to this in some way. And I just, yeah, I just don't feel that anybody who gets involved in politics, in electoral politics, and then actually gets anywhere in any party could be a good politician, I suppose, which is, yeah, obviously not true, but that, that's the sort of underlying feeling. I, ha- I just suspicion of anybody that's running to be leader yeah. of any political organization. Um, and it's it's not healthy, but it there's certainly, you know, it comes partly from experience of, you know, and I think, you know, another, for a lot of people um, a bit younger than me, the Lib Dems in the coalition was a moment like that where yes. it, it just absolutely destroys any confidence in the system whatsoever and so that's how i, I mean I, i'd like to hear your, your views on the greens but uh, there's my position win, win me over <laughs> so yeah it, there's something built into um acquiring state power that is a problem that changes people even at council level certainly at mp level um like i i it's Again, Ralph Miliband wrote, I um, can't remember what it is, what the book is called, but he wrote a book about um, uh, like capitalism. We, we've mentioned power. this book many times. Go and listen yeah, to it. Yeah, it's a different podcast. one. It's a different oh, it's one. Different. It's, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Well, it, look it up. You've, you've got Google. Yeah, you need I'll us. Put, we'll put it in the description below oh, the yeah, video. We'll but he writes about how it's as soon as you become an MP or become part of state power in any sense, you have to, for example, becoming the official opposition, you you become stitched into making certain processes happen. So you have to do certain things to make parliament work, to make legislation pass, even if it's legislation that you're opposing. Um, so there's something which happens that changes you in that sense of becoming part of the system and becoming part of the system then makes you make different choices. But having said that, not everyone does it the same. There are differences between within Labour Group in Hackney Council about some of those councillors, I would say, are doing better stuff than others. And some of those councillors work with us in different ways than others do. And with the Green councillors in Hackney, um, they've been really, really good. I mean, I'm, this has probably changed my views of the Green Party more than anything else is having two Green councillors in Hackney who have genuinely worked with grassroots campaign before they were elected and are still working with us now they've been elected in a very kind of democratic open way 
that actually none of the Labour councillors had done prior to this. Um, and actually kind of shames Labour councillors because it shows what can be done. And one of them, Zoe Garber, is actually running for London Mayor. She's going to be the Green candidate for London Mayor. So I'm absolutely going to advocate for her. I would probably, I don't, I won't join the Green Party. Why not? I, can't, uh, I can't deal with electoral politics in that way anymore. I need a break. And I have some doubts about the Green Party, even though I think they're, they're good in lots of ways. They're much closer to me than Labour is politically. But I would canvass for, for Zoe if she wants me. Um, and she doesn't feel I'm contaminating, which I don't think she does. Um, I think, yeah, that's um, interesting. Uh, just on yeah. that point, because um, a lot of the people that are moving over are sort of Corbynite members, right? Contaminated yeah. uh, uh, individuals. You wonder how the Green Party is going to react or if there is going to be any pushback from the media about anti-Semitism in the Green Party. Well, there's I mean, been stuff already, hasn't there? You've seen, did you see the letter? Uh, no. There was, a letter, there was a letter written to the Green Party from, I can't remember who, I think the Jewish Labour Movement. Oh, yeah. So the organisation within the Labour Party that represents the kind of uh, mainstream Jewish Zionist position. I don't, I don't like the word mainstream, but fair enough. Okay. Um, and they wrote a letter to the Green Party saying, it's pretty terrible that you're letting these people in. They're basically targeting Joe Bird personally. So Joe Bird was a Labour councillor and in, in the world, and she went independent when she was expelled and then she joined the Greens and she's been re-elected as a and Green. Another another Jewish Labour member who was expelled for anti-Semitism, yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, anti-Semitism and, and, adjacent, I think there's a good way of catching. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're anti-Semitism adjacent, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sh she... I mean, this is the thing, it's very, very much vindictive against individuals. This is what I'm saying. So Joe Bird has become one of those individuals that you can't let her in. That's that's but they've they've been good. No, they're very proud of her. She's actually up the her vote as Greens. She was elected with two other Green councillors in her ward. So clearly she's done a good job. People see her as doing a good job and, and the Greens is representing something there locally. I suspect she's incredibly effective. Um, and they, you know, they've got I, one of their co-leaders now is Jewish with the Green Party. I don't think he's having any any time for these smears, Zach Polanski. Um, yeah. So I yeah. Think, well, I think, that's the thing. Yeah, it's about I guess how you deal with it if they if they're quite strong on it. And yet, I think being being a Jewish person, it doesn't get you off the hook, but certainly as the leader, it's, it would be helpful. I think just as. Yeah. as so I think I have more time for the Greens now than I did before. Um, I'm not advocating joining them, like I say, but I think where they gain power, they can really hold Labour to account in a in a good way. Well, it's to get into power, did you say? Yeah, when when, no, when they where they get into power. Oh right, yeah, yeah. But in the councils where they get into a, power. There is an idea that it's it's going to be a very tight election, and it could come down to a number of. Yeah, a handful of seats. And there is also, I don't know, um, there's a lot of talk from Green uh, Party members, maybe overly optimistic, I don't really know, but they, they could win some more uh, MPs in Parliament because they only have one at the moment. They've had one for a long time. Uh, but they're, But because 
I mean, Corbynism really took the wind out of the sails for the Greens in, in many respects um, because it was Labour. The Greens were not not maybe as strongly as they are now trying to take that the sort of left position, I guess, because nobody really thought there was a left. Uh, but then uh, Corbynism came in, yeah, and it, obviously it's uh, it was a much more viable option for power. And so a lot of people that would have voted Greens. And so there was that period. Now that's obviously finished. Places like Bristol, which is a massive Labour stronghold at the moment, but also a massive momentum stronghold uh, back in the day. Very left wing, uh, a lot of young people, a lot of Corbyn people that came into the Labour Party. The MP is, uh, was it Thagam, whatever she's called, Debonair? Thagam Debonair, yeah. Thagam. Yeah, she's she's a landlord, right? uh yeah she's she's yeah she's just uh like i don't know she's always people like two or three minutes of her on tv and it's like how would anyone vote for her but anyway she there's uh, a lot of them like that that's not really her is it that's the whole of the fucking labor party pretty much i don't know i don't know west reading it would probably take you seven minutes i'd say <laughs> uh but um yeah she not liked yeah, she's she's very very much the opposite of the membership there, um, and there's been a big move to the green. The Greens won loads of council positions in the local election there, and they're looking to win a few. I mean, there's there's that seat. There's another seat next door. They could win at least one of those. Um, yeah, and there were other places like that. I mean, one of the things that happened in 2019 was that Labour had a huge swing in 2017, up. Huge swing back down 2019, but it was all over the place. The places that they'd won, the swing that went up in 2017 was in the south. The swing that went down was in the north in 2019. So now the whole country is like a marginal, like all over the place. There's just these these marginal left and right. And it's and, it, and because now Labour have moved away from the left wing space that won them all of the stuff in the south or, or got them like in, well, some of the, the inner city stuff that they got in the south. There's there's huge space for for some someone else to come in. They may win back northern wall seats. They may not, but they may end up losing yeah seats here and there. Not many, but if it comes down to it, and it is just you know it's a hung parliament, it's a few seats. The Greens could be uh, major players. Yeah, I mean it's it, there's a whole theory, isn't that you don't get big swings in in, in elections. You always get big swings time. in elections. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I've, but of course you can get big swings. I think you get big swings when the circumstances, the underlying circumstances are very volatile and the economic situation is volatile. Um, and so I think it is possible for someone to grab energy and for, for swings to happen. And I don't know how that will play out, but I also think there's potential not just for the Greens, but so what happened in Tower Hamlets in, in, in London um, is suddenly what had been a Labour Council forever flipped to a totally, almost totally new party, right? So the, mm. the guy in charge wasn't new to politics, but the party, um, the Aspire party was, was yeah, new. Aspire. Yeah. And um, um, will they put up a candidate in the general election in the seats covering Tower Hamlets? I have no idea. If they do, there's clearly potential for two, two wins there. Is it two or three constituencies? I don't know how many in Tower Hamlets, but they could also probably yeah. maybe go for Newham as well. Why not? I, I don't know what's going on in Newham. Newham certainly could, they could think about having independent. I don't know whether they've got the same sort of grassroots organising. In Tamlets, they're very strong grassroots. Liverpool, will Liverpool independence stand someone 
in any of those seats. There's, there's four Liverpool seats, right? I think. Yeah, um, well, you've got you've got the court. You've got people that are in Parliament right now: Jeremy Corbyn, Diane Abbott. Yeah. Positions, you know, whatever ends up happening won't be in the Labour Party. So you're either going to have uh, a new Labour uh, MP coming in, or yeah, a new candidate uh, for these incredibly safe Labour seats. Yeah. Or you're going to have incredibly personally popular uh, MPs. Both. I mean, yeah. I, I'm. I obviously. I. I've lived in Hackney for a long time. Um, in Hackney North, in Diana, but uh, constituency, and obviously I've paid attention as a lot of people have to Corbyn's. I don't know how it works. You know, I couldn't say how popular they are personally compared with other parts of the country. Obviously, much more than most. Most people, yeah, most MPs just aren't very good uh, local MPs. You know, I mean, this is the classic thing uh, in general with the sort of cynicism about politics is people don't know who they are or they're never there. They don't do anything. Um, Diane Abbott and Jeremy Corbyn are certainly, you know, two of the top. Many people would argue Corbyn is the best. I Uh, think Corbyn's probably the best local MP, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yes, if they run as independents, or yeah, you've got you've got people in Liverpool, you've got people uh two seats in um London, um Islington North and Hackney North, you've got uh possibly a seat in Tower Hamlet. Um yeah. if you if you you've got you've got Greens challenging for some seats, you've got maybe some of the left-wing parties that in certain places could could run maybe not winning campaigns, but maybe campaigns that challenge Labour. And they actually threaten Labour wins because they threaten to take votes and energy out of that campaign and that start to push Labour candidates left, possibly. You've got other people who might run as independents, um, raising different issues, people who are known in that area. You've got if some someone like Jamie Driscoll is running as an independent, suddenly starting to get some energy in that area. Yeah. Outside of Labour. And other things kind of happen because of that. The more people who run as independents, the more energy there is outside of Labour, the better, I think, for for the left. But what? But then Labour might not win. And then you might have a Tory government, Heather. And it would be, yeah. be personally your fault. That would be the sad thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's oh, okay. it, isn't it? Oh, right. Yeah, I, thought, I, mean, that's I thought you it. might have a not. No? All right. So look, I was talking to someone, a friend of mine, about it last night about whether that's a justification. It is hard to pin down what Labour would be better on than the Tories. This week, particularly when they've said, you know, just a very, very simple thing of like ending the um, the child benefit cap um, on, on two children. That's not a big deal. That's a very kind of basic measure. And they've said they will not do that. It's very hard. To, they said they won't get rid of any of the repressive legislation against protests, the policing bill, um, the boycott bill that's going through now, they won't commit to repealing any of it. They'll keep it. But a lot of people, Starmer supporters, I don't know, is this is this perverted good faith? Tell me. Uh, there's a lot of people who, who say, yes, he's saying this stuff to win over, uh, yeah, to, to, to have an easy ride with the sort of, I, I don't want to say right wing press. It's more that the press, I mean, a lot of it is right wing, but it's more like the, the logic for how to conduct a political conversation is just so bent that it's like you can't really discuss 
can't really discuss policies. As you say, you can only discuss these like manipulative tactics of like how you're, uh, how you're going to, uh, yeah. Like I always find that really confusing about Starmer is on the one hand, it's like, um, uh, we've got to be honest with the public. Uh, and, uh, we, you know, we can't make any promises and stuff, but, uh, but on the other hand, like a lot of the people who are, arguing i'm talking about people like lbc man whatever he's called james o'brien and just people on twitter are saying yes he has to say this stuff now but actually he's going to do something else when he's in power so they're saying no no, he is lying when he's saying we've got to be honest and say that uh we can't bring around radical changes he's lying (laughs) it's like uh but yeah so there's this but i think yeah no i think he is being honest and the idea is that he comes in and it's gonna be like Blair, and Blair did put a lot of money into the NHS and and did was it was a it was a shift from the Tory government. I don't yes. think that that Starmer can do that because of the economic situation. As he says, he's honest about that. Because because they buy in to the the economic rules of neoliberalism, right? They won't spend money. They won't spend money that they don't have. But the, the the economy was booming under Blair. They were able to spend a lot of money without getting. Also, but also PFI. Blair yeah. did public spending through because because they tied themselves to these horrible rules as well. They didn't want to get things on the the national balance sheet. So PFI, that kind of. Is there anything? I mean, they, how would that work now? Is there anything left to share? You can't do public finance initiative now because public finance initiative has fucked up so many places. So there are schools, hospitals that carry huge debts from from the fact that their better facilities were built through this kind of public-private partnership that was really a way of funneling state money to the private sector and a way of getting um, public investment in schools and hospitals in a way that would stay within this kind of neoliberal fiscal rules. So and unless it's Starmer screwed is... over these organizations, it's yeah. screwed these places over completely. Because you know a hospital which has got to to feed this this PFI debt can't and the councils have huge PFI debts. They can't that's affecting their capacity to spend on other things. So I yeah so I just I think yeah, there's the idea we get a Labour government in, they'll do good things. I mean, I'm not even, I would say that as a sarcastic way of saying, but that's actually what like people like John McDonald, Mc, John McTurn, Turn, Turn, Turnall, Turnall? McTurnan. Turnan. Yeah. yeah. John McTurnan. You know, they, 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 the quote is, we'll do good things. <laughs> just just leave it to us uh, but i don't think they can do good things right yeah without, i think toynbee the... is just like just just don't criticize labor let them get into power i don't know if she's even saying they'll do good things i haven't i can't read her i, um, I can you read her if i have to like for a podcast because the woman is just just well yeah one more thing i want to mention though is um yeah so that idea about uh labor getting in um and doing good things and probably not being able to do good things i think that is another moment there's a moment now leading up to the election it's hard to say what kind of momentum there will be behind other parties because people want to get the tories out but there there is if labor do get in and with with any kind of majority and then 
fail to deliver, as it seems they are likely to do, there will be just, well, I don't know, such such apathy that it may, it may turn boil over into something else. I don't know. I think I've I've read a few things about people seeing that, that that things that are being set up now possibly to try to challenge in this election, people running independently and stuff, will obviously shape the election in some degree. Um, hopefully, more than uh, than sort of historically that's been the case. But once Labour in power, um, it's going to be yeah, it's not going to be like Blair where there's even a sort of a uh, few years. I know a lot of people turn on Blair very quickly, but I think overall in the country there was there was definitely a few years. Um, yeah. It was a very gradual until Iraq. Down. I think Iraq yeah. was yeah. But I mean, you know, the crazy thing is, you know, Labour still got in after they went into Iraq. Yes, so that l- much less people voted. I'll be interested, and yeah, there was much less voting. Like the ninety-seven election was a huge drop off. And then after that, the drop-off was just going all the way down until... So, no, 97 was a good turnout. 2001 was a drop-off of some, to some extent. Um, yeah, no, yeah. sorry. 97 was a good turnout, but it was still yeah. historically low compared to... Yeah. Where, and then there was a huge drop-off after 97, right? Yeah. The next election after that was... Uh, yeah, people people had... People generally given up, but some people had faith in Blair. After 97, no one had faith in anything. And and there was just no one voting for. Well, that's the thing which was interesting, wasn't it? It's like we did have faith in Jeremy. Um, so I mean, Jeremy, for all that he's called a very divisive character, was the most unifying thing that has ever happened to the British left, probably, or happened to the British left for a really long time. Mm. Um, maybe you know, going back to eighties when you had the minor strike, when people got behind that, people really were brought together across lots of different dividing lines, and it feels like the left has splintered again and all that kind of factionalism that kind of pettiness that kind of attention to like you know that cynicism which affects how much you're willing to unite with people that you don't agree with on lots of stuff um in order to further a political project that's that's a problem and we do need some some initiative to bring the left together somehow and that's that's hard to see how that can happen but i know you know, we know Ken Loach and other people are kind of trying to work on something. Yeah, that's I mean something that men is it's people people are trying to do things like that, and it's so obvious in everybody's mind that that's that that's project of some sort needs to be to come around, as you say, in exactly what form and how it would work, how it would be structured. I don't know, maybe just Lib Dems. Just uh, just let's just all like Lib Dems. Back to Lib Dems. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, great. So in think... terms of like, we didn't talk about organizing outside Labour. Um, oh yeah, of, of course. Outside yeah. of political parties, which is what you and, do. Which is what I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So why don't you talk about what you do, Heather? Now that you're uh, no longer a Labour active Labour member. Yeah, I do a lot less than I did. I think that's probably true for a lot of people. Um, but I do still do, like as a local housing campaign, I do still do quite a lot of work for that. And I find that really, I think that is valuable. It's I enjoy it because it's like the people I work on it with are really nice and stuff we do. It's like talking to people about what they want built in their area. It feels useful. It feels like we have, we talk to the council as well. 
got a good it's communication. One, it's one issue and such a massive issue across the country, but obviously in London. Yeah. yeah is, is housing and housing development. And so I guess it allows you to really focus in on something that's really important. Yeah. And it's also important to have small campaigns that can get small changes because to show people that political action and to show me that political action can have an effect. Um, because the other campaign that I do is Palestine Solidarity, and it's really hard to see optimism in that because things are getting worse. So on the, on the grassroots level, when we do leafleting, people are more on side now than when I started doing leafleting, um, I don't know, maybe five years ago for, for Palestine. Um, so I think there is much better understanding of the issue, but there doesn't seem to be any change at all at government level. If anything, the um, support for Israel is getting stronger at government level. So that one's a hard one to have optimism for. And it's also really dispiriting. We put in a um, an application to have a deputation to Hackney Council and they just won't let us do that. On technical grounds, this is not really a council matter. It's like a pensions committee matter. But I don't think they would do that for other issues. Who knows? Right. Um, and so there is definitely kind of a way of trying to keep this out of public space. But it is still, it does feel useful to be doing something to keep issues alive to start building consensus for other sorts of politics yeah yeah I and mean, what do, what do you do you make videos right um yeah i make this podcast on occasion speaking of which yeah i'd like you also to... you also support Je jewish fights for labor as well don't you excuse me i was speaking there heather you oh sorry if you just if you just let me finish i love that that's my favorite the politician line you just don't answer the question and then when you're interrupted you say oh, i was just about to answer the question head then you rudely interrupted and now i'm gonna have to start again from the top um what jbl uh yeah, yeah. i do work with with jbl um which is very very much similar to what we do here um challenging that narrative um and i mean i, th I think that's for me, it's like that. That's really interesting stuff to do, and it's they're interesting people to know and to, to learn from. And I, and I do obviously, I I support what they're doing. I don't know exactly. I think this is like what you were saying. Without any sort of unifying project, I don't know exactly where it, where it's going. Really, you're, you're sort of fighting your corner, um, but I I don't know what you win. Or you know, it's just because because you're not ever going to be in control of the narrative or have any real power. You're just constantly going to be fighting. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, just try and uh, enjoy enjoy doing the podcast, I guess, um, and just seeing where it's going with the. Well, I'll, I'll have to look into Lib Dems. We'll do a Lib Dem special that last about five minutes. <laughs> well, we could take the piss out of Lib Dems real easy, right? That would be kind of fun. Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, next. So the next episode of this that we're going to do anyway, Heather. Yeah. Um, if Claudia's allowed back in, uh, obviously it's not up to me. It's I, I can't get involved in the process. Um, <laughs> is uh, we're going to do a, a Starmer deep dive, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just talk about uh. All of the stuff that's been uh, it's been coming up for years, really, about his past and things. I think it's really interesting, and it and it breaks open into a whole area of politics that isn't really discussed, which is, yeah, American, yeah, deep state, kind of 
yeah, how how politics really operates, right, at the top levels of power. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and we can well, also talk about why he hasn't yet converted to Judaism, which is very disappointing. That's true. Yes, we. Yeah, yeah. Has he had any other videos out about? He doesn't even do them anymore. I oh, he does. Like, he does them. Well, the Jewish sure. ones. Yeah, he did one for, for Passover. It's just that there's a little. He'll do one in September for New Year. When's that exactly? Is it late? I don't even know because it changed every year because Jewish calendar is. Um, oh is yeah. Lunar. Yeah, so it doesn't um, stay put, but it's around. It's always around September. Because it would be good. I mean, it's the first of Tishrei. If you want a Jewish date, that doesn't change. Well, we'll. Um, I think we should do it before that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah as I say, I'd really like to get this to be in like a regular podcast. I want to say weekly. I don't want to say that right now. But I want no. to say that you know, I don't want to make promises that I can't keep, Heather. Yeah, and, I don't think I can keep a weekly podcast. Well, I'm not saying that's... that you would necessarily have to. It'd be great if you could do okay. it. I know that you can't, but I, I might just get uh, Matt Alford on. Matt Alford's like the um, George Harrison. <laughs> like we, We're like the, doing the main stuff. And then there's like this weird other podcast that also is on the album for some reason. Um, and I might do another one with Joe Attard, but I don't know. Yeah, that wouldn't be a regular. Right. He'd be like Ringo Starr. Yeah. Well, he was saying... Um, I can't remember what he was saying. He was saying that Paul McCartney, Joe Attard said on Twitter that Paul McCartney is the best Beatle. So we're going to have to discuss that. He has some great songs. He really has some great... Like? I mean... Oh, right. Oh, I see. (laughs) I like... I I think he wrote some some great... Beatle songs. Yeah, isn't Back in the USSR, uh... I don't know. They all say they all say McCartney, Lennon, Lennon, McCartney, yeah. Lennon, McCartney, all, sorry, yeah. You can find out who wrote each one though. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I always feel Jude. like Lennon was the. I, I mean, I like George Harrison. I think he's probably the best. Right, but Hey Jude was Paul McCartney as well, isn't it? Because he wrote it for Paul John McCartney's big, the big part, like probably the biggest the biggest songs are his actually. Paul McCartney. Yeah, so I mean, this is like you can. But it's not I mean, really like, about. I don't feel like you're an expert on the beat. It's not really about the music, Heather. It's about. The personality it's about who, who sort of yeah about who, who you like as a person just like politics oh. it's not about politics it's about do you like Keir Starmer would you go to the pub with Keir Starmer and I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd go, to, go the to the pub, pub with, with George John Harrison Lennon. okay I'd rather I don't want to go to pub Paul McCartney because of the stuff which happened with his second wife what was that third wife his third wife um I don't know there was a stuff about him hitting her wasn't there don't put don't put this in because I haven't checked it well you I, you didn't say that that he <laughs> No one, no one listens or watches this part. <laughs> uh, Heather was, says I, I, that that this might have happened. I mean, might have. I don't know. Because it was what he had a first wife, and he married Linda McCartney. Then he married that lass called Heather, who has a, a vegan empire. Um, and oh, you know, you've got. I don't know any of this. Yeah, yeah. Got some good knowledge. Yeah, and that that last whose name I can't. That's why you're a public intellectual. Remember. You see, you can yeah. be asked on any topic. <laughs> I can talk. Interesting take. Um, all right, let's um, let's finish there. Um, yeah. Thanks everybody for listening or, or watching. And yeah, uh, well done if back. you got to the end of this. Yeah, God, well done. We'll be back <laughs> uh, soon enough. Check out yeah. the podcast. Check out other videos on this channel. Check out Heather's own channel where like significantly like tighter, more informative videos and podcasts than this. 
yeah, and, and subscribe to my channel. I want to get yeah, more subscribe. subscribers. Yeah, subscribe yeah. to my channel. Um, and also check out the Patreon if you uh, if you want to support this channel. And and yeah, if we did get more obviously viewers and listeners, but then more Patreon, then definitely we would be doing this a lot more. All right, thank you. Should we do a wave? Yeah. Bye.